Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best meal course. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Uh, bonsoir, senor. Oh, senor. Bon, bonsoir, senor. Oh, yes. Oh, I love, uh, I really love Franco-Spanish cuisine. It, it, well, we are the only restaurant in town that does it. Uh, would uh, would uh, uh, table table for one this evening? Is uh, Monsieur dining alone? Yeah, yeah right, uh, right this way. Me sir. in this book. Ooh, what book are you reading? Uh, something, uh, something uh, Franco Franco Spanish? No, it's how to make friends and influence people. In oh well, you are doing a great job. Oh, in Esperanto. Yeah, I'm trying to learn the language, and I wanted to use a book that I. Oh well, you are in luck, sir. We also have. Uh, if you flip the menu over, we have uh, Esperantese cuisine. Oh, great. Yes, it's from all over the world. Mm, beautiful. Hal, we're talking dinner today. We're talking courses. This is very For exciting. The second week in a row. What? I mentally bailed on a bit two minutes in. Because <laughs> <laughs> when we record these back to back and I've, I've been up early. You've been up all day. This is a long, this has been a long day for you. I've been up all day. You You've been a long day. We're going to get up. you a good dinner, Hal. We're going to get oh. you a good dinner. Here, sit right here. Sit down. Sit right Open back. up this Esperantese menu. Just sit right back. You'll hear a tale. Isn't that what it sounds like, Esperanto? Uh, I think you're speaking hut. Whoa. Uh, Hal, let me ask you a question. Yes. What? How many courses do you think we're going to talk about today? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to guess at least seven or eight. Okay. Is it fewer courses than that? Have I? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh my goodness. Oh, Hal, a proper, we're going, if we're going to do best meal course, we're going to have a proper dinner and we're going to go from the moment you walk into this restaurant until the moment you leave out the door, 12 full, not full, all of them, 12 courses. 12 entire in this meal. 12 courses. You got the stomach for it? You ready? Yes. Have you been to a really fancy, like, place where they give you a multi-course meal like this where you are brought you know like proper Mm -hmm. french dining english dining have you have you done something like that before i did it once when i was dating a girl who was the daughter of a billionaire i was very young i was dating the daughter of a billionaire and we went to the fanciest dinner i've ever been to where when they brought out the soup that had gold leaf on top I started making fun of the soup that had gold leaf on top. And my girlfriend said, shut up and eat your gold. And then we both laughed at the absurdity of what she had just said to me. So this is, you want to talk indulgent. A 12 course meal is, this is hot cuisine for the 1% of the 1% of which you and I are not. No. I've benefited from having a 12 course meal one time in my entire life. How Have you ever you? had one? Uh, like 20, 21. Okay. You were 20, 21. All right. Great. 
I guess they must have been 21 because we did have like wine and stuff at the meal. I don't think it was a 12 course meal. I'd have to mm-hmm. look up online what they serve and it may have changed over the years. But in Philadelphia, there is a very famous, very fancy restaurant called Le Bec Fan, which mm-hmm. is, it's all, it has a very gilded age feel when you walk through the door. Love that. And it is a proper, like they bring you course after course. It's certain you have to be dressed well to go. You have to, it's like magic castle almost mm-hmm. type of dress code. If I'm going to dress magic castle dress code, when I walk in, somebody better pull a dove out from under a cloche that previously just had a bouquet of flowers under it. They do, and then they put flash paper on it, and all of a sudden it's roasted. <laughs> but it, it, it is a multi-course meal, and my parents took me for, I think it was when I turned 18, mm-hmm. that that was like a very big deal that we went and did this. And it was like $100 a person or more. I, my mm-hmm. dad, if I, if I said that and my dad, if, and my dad was here and he knew it was, I could be like, no, it was more than that. Mm-hmm. That's what you think it was. Yeah. Dumb 18 year old. Person. You're 18. You're like, this thing cost three digits. You but think I, of a three, a hundred dollars is the most that a meal. First of all, a hundred dollars is the most that a meal should cost. It is not what any meal should cost. Well, the fanciest of meals should cost a hundred bucks. I could go to Ruth's Chris right now, right? Yeah. And get a steak that's like, $50 mm-hmm. or for $15, I can get a cut of steak that is identical to it and cook it myself mm-hmm. and it will be great. Well, that's I'll paste uh, it in butter. I'll use garlic. I will season. I'll, you know, we'll, 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 we'll do it up right. You've opened an interesting door. Yeah. Uh, because I think you and I might differ on this. Would you rather do that? Make the steak at home. Would you rather cook a meal at home or have a restaurant experience? You know, one of the things that has fallen away for me in the last two years is in restaurant experiences. I will sure, go and eat that's outdoors. True. I will, mm-hmm. I will do outdoor eating. But think about and the before then, times. Let's put the, put our brains in before times mode. It's hard because before times I wasn't cooking my own steaks. I learned to do that. Oh yeah. I learned point. to do that out of necessity and then discovered how much I enjoyed it because I had a lot more control over exactly how it was made and I could experiment with it a little bit mm-hmm. and i would and i would do it this i do it the same way every time which is okay hold on let me ask your most successful experiment and your least successful experiment your most successful i'm assuming is the now what you were about to say is the here's how i do it every time yes but uh, you know sometimes i'll i have not under either generally i'll overcook it rather than undercook it so it's taking time to get it right so the worst mm-hmm. is like oh this is overdone it's just dry and chewy mm-hmm. but i will you know it sits out beforehand mm-hmm so it comes to closer to room temperature. I mm-hmm. put salt on it beforehand as well to draw moisture out. Mm-hmm. I need to start actually toweling it down so it's not excessively moisturized. Then then I put it, I, I go in a pan with avocado oil and I cook an entire onion that I've chopped up. Ooh, in okay. Nice. Season it, salt, pepper, garlic, salt. And then... You I go low and slow and caramelize the onion, or are you like hot and heavy, uh, grill it and then take it out and just get the flavor in there? It sort of grills. Well, what I've started doing is leaving it in the pan mm-hmm. and then putting the steak in a little more oil. Steak goes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I do the edges, you know, do the fat, cook mm-hmm. all that. Then one side and the other side, I think it's like four minutes a side. Then I put either butter or ghee in with mm-hmm. garlic and I start basting. And then you take it out, you let it rest for a yeah. few minutes. You put the onions on top, and then I'll steam like broccoli or broccoli and cauliflower or something like that. Have that on the side, or I'll put the onions on that, and mm-hmm. then I won't have to season it as much because that will have all the flavorings in it. And that's a that is a fine meal. 
Sounds like a darn fine meal. Well, Hal, don't worry. You don't have to do all that work tonight because we're going to the fanciest restaurant in Max Funland. I love it. And this fancy restaurant that we are at, uh, remind me the name of it? Uh, Le Poisson Rond. Le Poisson Rond. Le Poisson Rond. Which is, uh, which is in French for the fish named Ron. Yes. Le, Le Poisson, Poisson Rond. Rond. Uh, they're going to give you a 12 course meal. Would you like to know what your 12 courses are this evening, Hal? Yes, I'm very hungry. It occurred to me, I was sitting here thinking, because mm-hmm. I have to be up early tomorrow. Yeah. I know you do too. Yeah, I do. You're thinking maybe what I'll do when we're done recording mm-hmm. is we were going to watch Survivor because I haven't seen Survivor this week. Mm-hmm. And then we we're going to go to sleep because we're both waking up early. But now I'm thinking I'm hungry. Then I started to think I'm hungry. Every time we do a food episode, we both get hungry and eat immediately afterwards. I'm drooling right now. I'm hungry. Yeah. Maybe I'll order food. Are you going to make us pause right now and so you can order food and then it arrives as the show is ending? No, no, I'm not going to do that. But I, right. but I, I'm thinking about ordering food now. Well, what a nice thought. Go right. Ahead. Order 12 courses. Here, Hal, are your 12 courses here at Le Poisson Ron. It is a 12-course menu, and it includes an hors d'oeuvre. When you walk in the door, usually a tray-passed item, just something you pick it up off the tray yourself, grab a little napkin. We're just waiting for the table. Then an amuse-bouche which is just a little bite that the chef gives you, a little uh, mouth amusement, followed by a soup, an appetizer, a salad, a fish course, a first main course, a palate cleanser, a second main course, a cheese course, a dessert, and a mignardise, which we will get to at the end. Okay. What so those are your 12 courses. I think we go. I think we go in order. I think we talk a little bit about each of them. Some of them are going to stand out and it's going to get, as we get closer to the end, I think it's going to be the courses that are uh, the real standouts. Can we say when we, after we talk about one, like there's no way this is a finalist or this is a finalist. Oh yeah. I think we're going to have to. Okay. You're going to keep track of this. Yeah. I'll keep track. Cause grandpa's tired. Go ahead. Let's start with hors d'oeuvre. Do you have a favorite hors d'oeuvre? Potato skins. (laughs) (laughs) Would that see that? Would that be in the appetizer or would that be? be? It would be. It'd be a small. Um, I like. I like the idea of a fingerling potato skin. You know what I mean? Like use teeny tiny, tiny, teeny tiny potatoes, but still do like chives and sour, little sour a little cream. Bacon, little, a little, ooh, that. little teeny versions. I love Smart. this. Yeah, fry, yeah. You can air fry that too. Oh fun. hell yeah! I like so, that. I think um, this. I think of like like Super Bowl food. Yeah, fancy I, Super Bowl food. What do I like it? I want to say cocktail weenie, but that is a such a that's like a a wedding pass around. I'm trying to think of what's like a good like. Well, that's a like good, a, that's a perfect example of an hors d'oeuvre though. Is a wedding pass around. Like I, my favorite, I would say, is bacon wrapped dates. I love bacon wrapped dates with a toothpick through them on a tray at a party. Can't get enough of them. I like a chicken satay skewer. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's really good. good. That's good. There's no way that this. There's no way that the, that the hors d'oeuvre is winning. No though it is nice. It's the only course that you eat standing up and mingling. Right, like canapes, like the, right. that's sort of a, a no. you know, that's just not. You know what else isn't going to win? The amuse-bouche. It's one bite. But there is something fun about an amuse-bouche because it's just like the chef's just making you a little something. A little something to wet your whistle. I can't you know what remember. I mean? What is it that you put in chili to give it that smoky flavor? It's Cumin? cumin. Yeah. I, I ate at a restaurant with Ben Blacker and Julian and a couple other people in Chicago one year. We were there. Mm-hmm. Like, we were like the last people there. We were the, like everybody else had had we had later flight, 
So we went to this place for dinner. It was really, really good. It was the first time I'd had aerated sriracha, which came with my meal. Aerated sriracha? Yeah. It was like a chicken, I uh, got like a chicken roulade, like a fried chicken roulade. What do they put in a soda stream? No, it, it fo- it's a foamed. It's foamed. It's oh, not ooh, foam sriracha. All right. It's not carbonated. It's, it's aerated. It's, but the amuse bouche was this square marshmallow. It was a cumin marshmallow. How was it? It, it is one of the worst things I've ever had in my life. And I would <laughs> not shut up about it. For yeah. The rest of the meal. Cause I would sit there and I'd go, and why would they bring something like this <laughs> in a perfectly nice restaurant? Who thought this was a good idea? Is this a joke? Am I being pranked? An amuse bouche, I imagine, could be hit or miss because it does sound like just a thing the chef came up with that night. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know who wasn't amused? This bouche right here. Yeah. Didn't like the mightiest it. of bouches, Hal yeah. Lublin. Well, look, it's not going to win. I have had a great, one of the great ones that I've had yeah. at a restaurant uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, it was a, they made house-made Pringles. They tasted like Pringles. They were like house-made chips, but they were that sort of pressed, like super fancy with just a thin layer of spicy tuna on top. Okay. Like the minced spicy tuna that you'd have in a spicy tuna roll. It was just like a, here's a little bite before you have this kind of cool, kind of quirky California meal. I think that that course is uh, particularly well suited to like, Hey, here's a, it's like the trailer for the meal. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's like we're going to give you a board. little bit of the flavor you're about to have. You're going to like it. It's real short. It's not going to take you long. Here you go. You have the 30 second teaser, right? Yeah. And that's your amuse bouche. Then yeah. you have the first trailer, which is the hors d'oeuvre. And then you have go on a talk show. Here's an extended clip. That's your mm-hmm. appetizer. Yeah. But well, there's a course before the appetizer, the soup, right? A- appetizer. Did I call it? Yeah. Yeah. Appet- an appetizer. We're going to have appetizers at this You're restaurant. Going to be so good to have uh, appetizers. With uh, excuse me, a chef. Bork, bork, bork. It's a Swedish restaurant now. I told you, Esperanto, it's all cultures. Mm -hmm. Um, You're a soup guy, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you generally order a soup when you go to a restaurant as an early course? If it looks good, I'll have it. If I go to a deli, I will almost always get matzo ball soup. I know. I've seen you get that. I will get it as the precursor. Even if it's giant, I'll get it as a precursor to something else. I'd never had matzo ball soup till I was with you. You introduced me to matzo ball soup in Philadelphia, and I loved it. What a great honor. Yeah, it was really, really, it's really How good. You avoided all your time in LA. You went to Jerry's plenty of times. Been- I did, but I never ordered matzo ball soup. I, I rarely would order soups in a restaurant. Uh, I'm generally, if the choice, a lot of places give you the choice of a soup or a salad. And this, we're not worrying about that because we have all 12 courses, but frequently, you know, you get, it's a soup or salad. I would generally go for a salad to start a meal. One of the, there was a tapas place mm-hmm. near me in my old neighborhood. L.A.? A little little further away. Yeah, yeah. In L.A. Place I lived before where I live now. There's a little tapas place. It was this one building. Like, there's a building in every neighborhood that has, like, a new restaurant in it every three seconds. Mm -hmm. Like, it's cursed. Like, the fan of the opera is there going, you will not succeed with your taqueria. (laughs) So this. There's always that. Yeah, there's every neighborhood has that building that you're like, oh, now it's a donut shop. Oh, cool. Now it's fancy burgers. (laughs) Now it's burnt to the ground. Yeah. This place it was a tapas place for a while, and I had a carrot ginger soup there. Mm-hmm. That is one of the greatest soups I've ever had. And it was not the main, you know, tapas, you get a bunch of small plates, but you get your own soup before, yeah. before all the small bites come out. 
it was so good that I asked the waiter to tell the chef how good it was. Like, pass my compliments along to the chef. Mm -hmm. I have very rarely in my life done that. Not that I don't appreciate things done well, but this was so out of this. I've been chasing that dragon. I've never had a carrot ginger soup that has come close to that. It might have been like I do a, love a good carrot, carrot ginger squash. soup. Squash. It might have been a carrot butternut squash. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit less gingery. It was just this perfect. So it was like was it pureed? Sweet. It was puree-ish. It was that consistency. Okay. But it was buttery, salty, and sweet all at the Oof. same time. See, it's funny that it we're only three courses into the twelve yeah. and you've already remembered vividly two dishes one that you absolutely hated and one that you love so much you've been chasing ever since this is why i love talking about food with you absolutely oh yeah soup's a great course i gotta say also a thing that in the past i would have seen as a downside of a soup course i now see as the upside of a soup course as a person uh who is currently on a kick right now where i'm trying to drop a few and that is a soup course can be really filling. Yes. You know what I mean? And if you're going for the long haul of a night, if you're doing 12 courses, I would like my soup course to be really small. I would like it to be, you know, like shot glass size or a little bit, not much sure. bigger than that. If I'm doing a big, a big kind of thing like this, if you go to a French restaurant, you get a French onion soup. You know, that's a, that could be a pretty big and heavy thing. You've already, by the time you are getting your, appetizer you've already had a big old hunk of swiss cheese and a giant crouton there are a lot of dishes in this world Mm -hmm. some of those dishes are good every time you have them Mm -hmm. and some of them like a good french onion soup you have to have a good one if you don't have a good one the first time you're probably not going to get it again but if you have one that you really enjoy you will order it over and over again expecting it to be that good and it will be this isn't the same as the carrot ginger, but it yeah. sets a precedent, right? Like if this is the baseline, yeah. you hope stuff goes over it. But if you like a saltier French onion soup, you'll go to a lot of places where it's too sweet. Yeah. And you'll, you'll go, Oh, I don't even want to finish this. See, I don't mind. I like the sweet. That means the onions are super caramelized generally. I think. Yeah. I will. I think that you can have a balance in there. Yeah. But I think you bring up a good point and why I think soup should be considered a contender mm-hmm. is because you can have a heavier, a heavier crock of French onion soup. You can have mm-hmm. a larger bowl of just a, of just a well-made broth, or you can have a shot glass with something experimental in it that gives you just a little taste of the soup. It's yeah. very versatile as, you know, if you get a main course that's tiny, you feel, you feel sort of cheated by it yeah. as opposed to, well, this, this is the soup. It can be whatever amount it is. I might wish it was more, but I know that this is not the main event of the meal. Yeah. So I think it can fulfill its assignment in a variety of ways. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I think also if um, we don't have to just be thinking about in terms of a 12 course menu for the purposes of structuring this episode. Yes, but for purposes of the meal itself, it's almost like we're looking at sections on a menu in a certain to a certain extent. And this section of the menu is great if you are not terribly hungry. You just want something filling and small. Bowl of soup is always going to do you right. Yep. It's a great course. I'm a big fan of soup. I think it's uh, worth contending. Absolutely. This next one, course number four, is generally my favorite course. And I will frequently, I will say more often than not, I will forego a main course for this course. And that is the appetizer. 
Do you do like a couple of appetizers and make a meal out of it? Or do you have? Yeah, I would much rather go to a restaurant. If there's two of us going to a restaurant, I would much rather get three or four appetizers between us just to try a bunch of stuff. Because I was also find that main course wise, it's frequently just a protein, a starch and a vegetable, right? A lot of places, that's your main course, protein, starch, vegetable in some combination. An appetizer could be anything. I've seen some bonkers appetizers. I've seen bonkers appetizers next to each other on the same menu. Like, really? Okay. Charred octopus or nachos? Yeah, that sounds like a thing that this restaurant has decided what they want to be. (laughs) Yeah, the the appetizers really tells you how far a restaurant is willing to wander off its motif. Oh, yeah. Like, welcome to Wild Bill's Smokehouse. We got a tuna tartar. <laughs> yeah. We got hey, welcome skins. to Tony's Pizzeria. You want to try the shrimp tempura? What? Yeah. I like the I like the nutty nature of an appetizer because it really is. It does feel like the section of the menu that is just straight up all bets are off. You want a little bit of Italian food with uh, with uh, some nachos on the side and maybe some sushi? Go for it. We got all three of those on there. <laughs> But then in like a fancy cool place, you know, they'll, that's where you'll find just, you know, interesting new flavor combinations. Like yeah. if you get a fun chef that wants to experiment with stuff, I don't know. I've always been and frequently too. I think restaurant portions are, if I know a restaurant is a place that has giant portions, I will just get an appetizer because I know that it will be straight up on a 12 inch plate anyway. Like claim jumper. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason to buy an entree from Claim Jumper unless there are six of you. I think uh, that an appetizer is generally low risk, high reward. Yeah. Right? Because it's either really good and there's enough of it there, or mm-hmm. it's not great, but at least there's not a lot of it. And hopefully you didn't spend too much. Yeah. Like, I'm not the person who's like, well, I have to eat it because I ordered it. I'm like, if this mm-hmm. is not good, I'm not going to continue to eat it yeah i should stop well i'm putting the appetizer onto the metal stand somewhere okay we don't know what the order of the metal stand will be but i think so far we've already look we got the we got a couple of the big ones already soup 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 and uh, appetizer next we're going to the salad section what do you think of the salad as a course this always feels there's so many places the salad feels like an afterthought to me i think salad is fine i think in the context of a larger meal Mm-hmm. It's really kind of, it's almost a palate cleanser. It's supposed to be light. It's a little refreshing mm-hmm. as opposed to a lot of restaurants. You will get it as a meal. Like I, I love a Caesar salad. Yeah. Give me a Caesar salad. Yes. I will have that for dinner. Maybe with some chicken on it. Maybe with some shrimp. Whatever. See, I was just going to say that's, that feels like the salad, like that section of the menu is kind of boring to me. Cause it's like, Hey, here's a bunch of salads. If you'd like to make it a meal, add chicken. You know what I mean? Like, do you just add grilled chicken to anything? It doesn't seem as thought out. Like, if there is a protein that when cooked as this restaurant always will cook it, like, they're not, I don't think they're doing a specific preparation of a chicken breast or whatever for each individual salad on the menu. It's like, here's all our salads. You can add chicken to them if you want. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think in the context of a larger meal, if we're talking about a 12 course meal, I would, I yeah. would leave the salad off of it. I think it's kind of, and there are great salads, very complex sure. salads that bring in a lot of flavor without grilled chicken at all. The but only I, thing I remember from Carthay Circle restaurant at California Adventure at Disneyland, I don't remember what I got to eat as my entree in the restaurant. 
all I remember was the salad that came out beforehand was the best salad I've ever had in my life. Wedge salad? Uh, no, it was this, it was just, it was the perfect time of year. It had, I remember it was frise, clementines, fennel. There was just all kinds of interesting stuff on it. Uh, and the vinaigrette was really nice, but that's, I think that's an outlier. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yes, the really great salads I'll order as my dinner. All right. We're moving on to the sixth course. We're almost halfway there. This is a course, uh, that I did not know was a course, but in a 12 course menu, you're going to get this one. Okay. And that is a fish course. I mean, I, I almost have to recuse myself because I don't like fish. <laughs> Look, I like fish and I think. Guys, we're going a little overboard here. Yeah, we don't need it. If it's either the main course or it's not. Yeah. Don't throw that on top. You know, it's funny, like I think of shellfish I will have in an appetizer, but I think of just like a uh, you know, a cut piece of a fillet of a fish, mm-hmm. I think that feels so much like a main course to me. Right. Like you know, a lemon caper sauce on it or something like that. Yeah. Though I do, I mean, look, I like fish. This one feels very narrow and unnecessary as a course. So you're out of here, fish. You're delicious and delightful. And if I'm having a 12-course meal, I'm going to be real excited about that fish course, but it's not going to win this. True. Should we take a break? We're at yeah. six. We're at the halfway point. Take a breather. Let's take a breather. Step outside. Come back. Finish this meal in a minute. You know, unbutton, top button on your pants. Get a little fresh air. And then we'll step back inside uh, Le Poisson Ron. Uh, Ron the fish. Ron the fish. And we'll finish this meal in a couple of minutes. But until then, please hear about some of the wonderful shows on the Maximum Fun Network. I'm going first. It's me, Jackie Kasia. Man, she's always this bossy. Uh, <laughs> I'm Lori Kilbarton. Uh, we're a bunch of stand-up comics, and uh, we've been doing comedy like 60 years total, <laughs> both of us, but we look amazing. And, uh, out. We drop every Monday on Max Fun, and it's called The Jackie and Lori Show, and you could listen to it and learn about comedy and learn about anger management and all the things. And Jackie is married but childless, and I'm unmarried but childful. So together, we make one complete woman. Is that just what that going to end? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we try to make Kyle laugh just like that and say, oh, my God, every episode. It's a good job. Jackie and Lori Show, Mondays, only on Maximum Fun. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Our comedy podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, just celebrated its 15th anniversary. It was a couple months ago, but we forgot. Uh, yeah, completely. Our, our silly show is 15 years old. That makes it old enough to get its learner's permit. And almost old enough to get the talk. Wow, I hope you got the talk before then. A lot of things have changed in 15 years. Our show's not one of them. We're never changing and you can't make us. Jordan, Jesse, go the same forever at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, you feel a little better? Got some air? Oh, great. Let's get yeah, it. I just needed to let get a little it. bit of it digest, you know? Yeah. We're coming into the, we're coming into the big stretch now. Course number seven, the first main course. What's in the first main course? The first, the, I did not realize also that there were two main courses, but this is, you know, this, it's been 20 some odd years since I had a crazy menu like this. Uh, the first main course is, uh, fowl. 
So a bird Rebel. of some sort. Oh, okay, bird. No, F O W L, not F O U L. Okay. So, you know, duck, turkey, chicken. You know what fowl is. You know the difference between a bird and a mammal, right? I do. Yeah. You can't milk a bird. Well, you haven't tried hard enough. That's fair. Chicken milk is so good. I'm not going to your restaurant. Sure you are. Chicken milk. Oof. Chicken milk. I did have a bowl of chicken chicken in milk today, and I looked at it, and I thought to myself, this looks like the world's grossest cereal. I was making some Nashville hot chicken tenders this afternoon. You have to dunk them in milk as step one. And I looked at this big bowl of uh, milk and chicken tenders, and I was like, oh, I wonder what the box would look like for this cereal. Just raw chicken tenders. It would look like a warning. <laughs> right. Oops, all ch- oops, all salmonella. I've really done it this time. The Captain. got control of my milk and put chicken all over it, but you still have to have it. Oh, okay. I'll see you later in hell. Wow. Captain's really going through some stuff. <laughs> Call me Ahab. Oh, yeah. This, you know what? Let's, uh, so we'll do our first main course. Uh, you know, I'm going to lump seven, eight, and nine together. Great. Because that's first main course, palate cleanser, second main course. And the palate cleanser can be anything. A tiny scoop of sorbet. Yeah, generally what it is. A sip, you know, a little shot of Prosecco, just something. Even in a, in a Japanese restaurant, just a little bit of ginger that, you know, is, uh. Literally clear the deck so that you can enjoy the flavor of the next course. It exists yeah. only to facilitate the next course of your meal. Yeah. So I think we've got to take one of the main courses into the finals. And the question just becomes, is it going to be the lighter first main course or the heavier second main course? Right. You know? Yes. I mean, you mentioned a steak before. Generally in a restaurant, I think to myself, if this place is known for something, then I'm going to get it. Right. And it's usually not a chicken thing. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like they have a crazy good steak or a crazy lamb dish or, you know. Some really good reindeer if you're at the North Pole. There's this North Pole restaurant with the killer reindeer. Klaus is the name with the umlaut. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get a table. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You can yeah. And also, let me ask you this. If we're talking about best course, are we necessarily talking about it in the context of a 12-course meal? Or are we talking about it just on its own as... I think we have to look at it in the context of a 12-course meal. Okay. I think we should look at it that way. Because yeah. otherwise you would say, oh, it's appetizer because it could be the meal. Well, in this case, it's not. If we're looking at a formal that's course, true. you can say the appetizer is the best one within the context of this meal. Mm-hmm. But I would say, I think that fowl generally, chicken, duck, turkey, pheasant, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they're all great for chicken, maybe even more so for its versatility. You can dress it up a ton of different ways. Mm-hmm. But I think that I would choose beef because chicken has to be cooked a certain way. You can't say I want my chicken medium rare. Right. I don't think, though, if we're at a 12-course spot, I don't think we're asking the temperature. I think they're just bringing it to us how the chef wants to cook it, though. You know what I mean? Well done. (laughs) Rocking on the plate. With ketchup. With ketchup. Yeah. (laughs) Here you are, Mr. President. (laughs) (laughs) Rocking on the plate. Oh, what a what a specific bit of imagery. If we're looking at it within the context of a 12-course meal, it feels like the second entree is everything leads up to that. That's the showstopper. You know what I mean? Right. That's the thing that's going to come out either crowned or on fire, you know? Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. 
I just prefer. I, I think I like the main event. Yeah, that's the main. It's the main that's event. It can't it's not the main event of yeah. the main event. It's the main event of the main event. Yeah. Do you have any of those that jump into mind? No, Great ones that I mean, you've had. I like a good fillet. I've had good steaks at a number of places. Mm-hmm. I ate recently at Inn of the Seventh Ray. Have you ever been there? No. What do you have to roll to eat there? Ten or higher. Okay. Inn of the Seventh Ray, for those of you who don't know, is in the Topanga area of uh, Topanga Canyon Boulevard, in between Malibu and the Valley, and yeah. it is a world famous as like, or at least very famous in LA as like the most romantic restaurant in Los Angeles. It is built almost into the mountainside, so you dine under under a clear plastic, uh, like this big plastic tent top, like a topper for a circus, so you're protected sure. from rain. Nothing stuff. says romance like but a plastic circus topper. We sat. Jennifer and I sat by a fountain, Mm -hmm. like a babbling fountain the whole time. And then you look to the right and you see like a creek bed and just hills and trees. You're just surrounded by nature everywhere. It's beautiful. Love it. That's Topanga. And I had a a short rib there Mm -hmm. with a, with polenta and like duck bacon, Brussels sprouts. Ooh, yeah. It was, it was unreal. That was very good meal. But but the the bigger part of it was just being there with Jennifer and each of us sort of enjoying our food and checking yeah. in with one another. Yeah, that your wife Jennifer, that, right? That stands out. Yes, that's right. No, uh, Jennifer Beals. <laughs> <We're> just, <laughs> oh, I hope you weren't in the corner. Oh wait, <laughs> no, no, that's Jennifer, Jennifer Gray. Gray. Oh, dang it! Jennifer Beals is flash dance, right? Correct. Yeah. All right. We, we dang it! At our dinners. <laughs> uh, what about you? Is there one that stands out to you? You know, it's funny, like I mentioned before, the the main course is never the standout for me. Right. You know what I mean? I can remember one I had really great fennel pollen pork loin once. Sure. And that was delightful. That was the preparation. Just the preparation was beautiful. I don't remember what was on the side of it. I just remember the protein being really, really good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, it's all about those appetizers. Give me those crazy appetizers, man. That's the thing that I'm generally going to remember the most. I will love a well-prepared steak. Right. But I've had a lot of well-prepared steaks. Yeah. That kind of dime a dozen. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, oh, no, 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 no. They're several hundred dollars a dozen. They're, yeah. They're two. <laughs> a yeah. dime a dozen. If you are buying a dozen dollars an ounce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but, but we'll come back to that because that sounds more like the battle between the big, the main event and the appetizer. And we'll get to that toward the end. We got a couple more that are still part of our meal. We have 10, 11, and 12. Are you ready for this? Yes. And do you know what I did while we were having this discussion? Did you order food? I did. <laughs> <laughs> have you not been paying any attention to this conversation, Hal? I'm, I'm subtly aware of it. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Course 10. Yes. This is interesting to me because its placement is interesting to me. I know this is its traditional placement, but I've had this as an appetizer course before. I've had this as my whole meal before, and I've had this as an hors d'oeuvre before, and that's the cheese plate. Sure. Uh, that is, uh, you know, usually three different cheeses, a, a hard cheese, a, a semi-soft and a soft cheese, or a blue, uh, aged soft, firm, blue, maybe four. Uh, breads, crackers, you got companion items along with it, jams, mustards, maybe some fresh yeah, fruit. Exactly. Fruits. Fruit, pistachios. Sure. I love, I love a cheese plate. Yeah. I, I like cheese a lot too. I, I, yeah. not enough, not enough that I would put it up there as a great course. It, yeah. It, it feels the, the cheese plate to me as an American who is used to generally no more than three courses in a meal, but claim jumper size. 
<laughs> yes. A claim jumper size cheese plate is just the cheese section at a Ralph's. <laughs> they just they actually they they get you in a they put you in a van from your seat at the restaurant. They drive you to the nearest supermarket and they say, just open your mouth. We're just gonna start putting food in it. And if it's too cold, they use a hair dryer to heat it up. <laughs> Is this okay for you? You want this? Oh my god, the image USA. The image of someone who's about to throw a fancy party having a cheese plate out, just frantically blow drying it while the first guests are on their way to the house, just so it's not too cold. Yeah. You know the scene in Magical Mystery Tour where John is shoveling food into the woman's mouth? I don't because I've never seen Magical Mystery Tour, but now I'm imagining it. It's that is that is the American eating experience is we yeah. want more, more, more when I at a the Billy Idol of eating experiences. Yeah. Mo, mo, mo. At a proper 12 course eating experience, all the courses are smaller. Yeah. So it's not like I've stuffed myself full of everything. Right. And now I have to eat cheese. Right. These are tiny. But ideally, this cheese plate is, you know, small. But I did actually have this recently as a dessert course. Because it was a menu that had a cheese plate as the dessert course. It wasn't before the dessert. I ordered it as my dessert. And it was. It was really nice. It was just tiny little, uh, like three or four tiny little bites. And it was just enough. It was I really, hate I hate, really I delightful. I hate cheese as dessert. I hate cheese as dessert. I love cheese. Sure. I love all the different varieties of cheese. Sharp. Yeah. Uh, mild, but as a nearly soft. as a nearly dessert course, doesn't work for you. Um, It's fine. I, I understand that it's like it's mm-hmm. you've had something it's probably a little stronger flavored and this gives you it's like a come down yeah. right because you 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 have to have peaks and valleys in a properly planned long meal but i just this just doesn't do it for me as much as i enjoy cheese i yeah. it's i i would not put this up there um yeah i'm i love a cheese plate i don't know if i put a cheese course a cheese plate as course in the finals. Mm-hmm. Hey, Hal, guess where we are now? The promised land. <laughs> yes, we are because we have reached course number 11. Dessert. dessert guy. Yeah. Give me that dessert. I you have know, little buddy. mini cream puffs. Great dessert. You have Great a little dessert. bit of ice cream. Great dessert. You yeah. have a little mini cake. Great dessert. I know this one's going to the finals. I know I want to send it to the finals and I'm fairly certain you do. We don't, I mean, what is there any, what is there any more to say other than it's dessert? Yes, there is more to say. And the thing I would like you to say is your favorite dessert that you've ever had, favorite dessert you've ever had in a restaurant. Do you remember anywhere ever? Yeah. Oh boy. I'll tell you one that, that came into my mind immediately of one that I like. What's that? Cause I don't have one. I don't think I have one where I was like, this is the greatest dessert I've ever had in my life. And I'm tearing up. Mm-hmm. If you eat at the yard house, which is a chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have a cookie in a pan that they heat up. You have to order it ahead of time. It needs like uh, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. They bake a chocolate chip cookie into a pan. Like a pizzuki? Like a pizzuki, but better. The pizzuki's not as good. I've had the okay. pizzuki. Not as good. This this is a better. I've had the pizzuki, sir, and you, sir, are no pizzuki. <laughs> pizzuki. I may not be able to define it, but I know what it is when I say it. <laughs> this is this is a very well made cookie, mm-hmm. and upon which they add ice cream, and they have a mint chocolate chip ice cream that is very good, and so you put that on top of 
Uh, I like this. I like where you're going with this. And you, I like to take the, the ice cream and I spread it out like it's the sauce on a, on pizza dough. And then I, and that's, and then you pour, pour pepperoni and part and cheese on top. Yes. Everything that's in, everything that's in the dessert is fine. It's very good, but it's not, uh, 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 sorry, everything at the yard house. Like there's plenty of good stuff to eat there, but really if I'm going, I'm looking forward to that dessert. That is the, that is the highlight of that meal for me. What about you? Dessert was the only objectively good course that you and I had when we ate at Guy's Italian Kitchen. Guy Fieri's at Guy's Guy Italian Kitchen or whatever it was called. Yeah. American, you remember that? Guy, uh, guy, uh, guys, Amer- guys, American Kitchen. Kitchen. Guys, American Kitchen. Yeah. Um, it's the one with the men's room sign on the door. Um, but there, there was actually a really good, uh, there was a really good mint chocolate chip pie. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was that, it was, it was, that was the thing at the end. We were like, this is actually good. Yes. It was to be fair. We had just eaten nachos that had salami and basil on them. So basil and it took forever. There was nobody (laughs) at the restaurant. We were like, there were like three, there was like 150 tables and there were three full. Yes. And, and it, we were one of them. Even to get like, it was almost a joke of yeah. our policy is we're going to see how long you're willing to sit at this table. Well, guy had to stand back there you. and go, so what are you doing to this bad boy? Before putting <laughs> a little bit of our food in his mouth and then serving us dinner. Every dish. Every single dish. He asks all of the guys in the kitchen and oh, he fists bump. Like those guys have no, they can't stand back there and cook because they're fist bumping the whole time. <laughs> it's constant fist bumping constantly there's a downside to dessert that i want to talk about when we get to the, the judging the finals but i will shout out uh, a chef alex fiaco in rome at uh the singer palace hotel the rooftop restaurant he was the it, when when i was working we we couldn't leave the building so we had the same place every night so he would he was he would try to come up with cool new stuff all the time to make for dinner for us because we could not leave the building Right. We couldn't go anywhere else in the city. You know, he and his sous chef would come up with cool stuff and one of the best desserts I ever had. It just perfectly complemented the meal that we had, which was a zabayon, which I'd never had before. Um, which is egg yolk, um, egg yolk, prosecco, sugar and seasonings made into a custard served in a little glass with like a uh, pirouette cookie inside it. Oh, and nice. it was just a simple, delightful, uh, perfectly sized dessert. That said, I also love a giant piece of sour cream pie from House of Pies in LA with a ton of the cherry compote on top. That is my, if I have like a, oh, yeah. I'm sad, I want to watch a Nora Ephron movie, that's the dessert that I want. Yeah, pop on Sleepless yeah. in Seattle. And- exactly. It was fate. Like, yeah, give it to me. I'm just going to eat that thing for, I may eat two of them. What was the name of that thing you had in Italy? Zawak? Zabayon. Zabayon. Isn't yeah. that something that David Lee Roth said when he was... Actually, he said it phonetically, which phonetically it looks like Zabaglioni, which I believe he said as Louis Prima in that scene. Our final course is course 12. That is the Mignardis. Uh, which is the tiny little thing that they bring you with the check at the end. Uh, at our sushi place we used to go to after thrilling adventure hour shows, it was always an orange slice with a little bit of whipped cream and a tiny drizzle of chocolate on it. And it was great. It was just a teeny little bite. Um, yeah, 
but that's more that's more like uh you know you get a little macaron uh next to your check when they bring the thing. And what is it called? Uh, a mignardise, M-I-G-N-A-R-D-I-S-E. Usually served with tea, tea, coffee, port, brandy, or scotch as your final drink to go with the meal. Yeah, as a compliment to the drink. She can trash that. What are our finalists? Our finalists are. It's no surprise. Our finalists are the big entree, the soup, the appetizer, and the dessert. Can we eliminate the big entree immediately? Yeah, can we eliminate the soup immediately and just debate appetizer or dessert? Oh, I'm sad to see soup go. I think I'm sad to see the, I'm sad to see them both go. They're both delightful. Tell me why you think appetizer can beat dessert. Versatility, variety. Variety is the main thing. A dessert is always sweet. Sweet, 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 sweet. Salty pudding. Anchovy. I do not make me make the joke that I really want to make about salty pudding. Children, listen to this. Uh, but that's the function of the meal. It is the sweet that you have at the end. Yeah. So why would that you- may be the function of that course, but the fun course is the appetizer. Oh, where you have all the sweet stuff. It's not all like save some version of savory. No, they're all, they're all, yes, they're generally mostly some version of savory. Unless it's like candied bacon. Uh, I also, I would, I will point out the law of diminishing returns. At the appetizer course, I'm still generally hungry. Uh huh. Oh, you, oh, by the time dessert rolls around, I, I, it's rare that I finish a dessert. Usually like a table, at least the tables that I'm at frequently, like with my family, we will order one dessert and four spoons. You're insane. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the beginning of a well-known phrase. I want you to complete it for me, okay? Okay. Save room for Jello. No. Save room for dessert, Daddy. Dessert. <laughs> Daddy Thomas is back, and save room for Daddy as he's slowly devoured by his children. <laughs> Turns out it's he was making Danny ham. Th- Danny Thomas in his new Donner Party sitcom, Save Room for Daddy. Save Room for Dessert. Dessert is the yeah. is the one part of a meal that you purposefully set aside eating budget for. I don't. You say I, but but people do. do you sure, some people do. A, beyond, beyond anything else, beyond anything else in the meal, that that is the thing that you will budget. Everything else you're going to eat and go. I've well, never really, really done that. So dessert. I, but like, you've seen it happen. I have seen, I mean, yes, more I've eaten once. dinner with you, but, but, but outside of me, <laughs> Ken, it's, it's rare for me Ken, to see. I, I just want to, I just want to hang on a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. He's not going to decide. This is, I'm we're keeping curious. this between you and me, pal. All right. You're making me feel like I'm crazy right now. No, I don't think you're crazy. I think a lot of people, it is save room for dessert. I was just messing with you. It, of course it is. Of course I know save room for dessert. That save said, uh, save, yeah. Dessert is daddy. Yeah. I'd like one daddy and four spoons. Hey. <laughs> I just think that you were going to dessert has never surprised me. An appetizer has surprised me. Well, what I mean, are you looking for like a jump scare out of your meal? No, I don't want a jump scare. I want something interesting. I want to be, I want to have uh, lots of different flavors. I want, I want uh, a meal to be, I want the excitement of a meal of uh, dessert to me feels like 
they're all kind of in the they're they're all so much the same that it takes a special kind of person in the kitchen who is the pastry chef who that's just what they do. It feels separate from the rest of the meal. I think if you I, I think there is more versatility to dessert, how it is prepared and how it is how it is served than you're giving credit for. There's a lot of experimentation to be done. That's right. And there's some brilliant pastry chefs out there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll put it this way, like pastry. It's not, it doesn't have to be all pastry. No, no, no. Pastry chef is just the person that do, is in charge of dessert. It's okay. not all pastries, but the pastry yeah. chef is the then, dessert chef. Yeah, my mistake. There are uh, several talented pastry chefs out there who make yeah. things that are, I, I just think that there's more. I don't want to, I'm not trying to, I'm not denigrating dessert. I no, 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 love I know. dessert. I think, there's, I think it's, I think it is a more, even if it loses, I, I would argue to the end that it is a more hotly anticipated part of a meal than appetizers ever are as much as you can love appetizers and there are places i'm i'm an appetizer guy i mm-hmm. love appetizers I'm, I'm happy to have appetizers as a meal if there are good appetizers i want to try them mm-hmm. but generally they are i don't look at it like a like i'm on a grand adventure and i want to be surprised and delighted but, but if I you're on a 12 course meal good. That's true. You are on an adventure, and we are doing and, this within the context of a 12-course meal. And by that token, mm-hmm. it can be hit or miss. You can get the most amazing uh, the most amazing combination of flavors that you never would have thought mm-hmm. to put together that are really great in a small amount. Or you can get the equivalent of a cumin marshmallow. Well, that's that's not an appetizer. That no, was an amuse-bouche. I'm, I'm just using it as an example of yeah. something where they're like, we're trying something, and we want you to have it. As an amuse bouche, appetizer could be the same thing. I'm experimenting and I'm giving you something new that could be terrible. Now that's true of any, of any meal, but when you're working in a more limited scope, as you say, mm-hmm. sweets, even though you can experiment more, I think you're going to get a better range of success than you will with appetizers. So it's, I think I don't know that that's necessarily true of, though. Of going into the mystery bag. I mean, if you are getting a better range of success, it's only because the flavor profiles are generally so similar that there's less room to make mistakes. But I would argue that I like that expansiveness. Like if I went to a party, if I, I'll put it this way. If I went to a Tony's party, because let's be honest, I go to more Tony's parties than uh, NBA finals parties. I would be surprised if the table with all the food on it was primarily desserts. I would not be if it was a sea of appetizers. And I, if it was a table full of desserts, I would wonder where the savory stuff was. If it was a table full of savory stuff, I wouldn't necessarily wonder where the sweets were. That said, we are talking about it within the context of a 12-course meal, yeah, not within the context of a party setting. I just like the variety. I like that. I like the shareability. I like the experimentation. I like the, uh, I like the size. I like that I'm not full by the time I finish an appetizer. And I like that it's, that it's crafted by the same chef. I like that it's crafted by the same chef that put together the rest of the meal. Saying I'm not as full isn't, isn't fair because dessert comes at the end. It comes at the end. Yeah. Look, but the timing is, isn't that part of best course? Isn't the timing of when the course arrives, not just the food? Right, but that's something we have no control over. You don't say, bring me the salad and then bring me the cheese, and then I want the soup at the end, but the dessert in the middle. I would love to go to a 12-course meal with you and have us just mess with 
the the I'm server and chef and be like, can we start with the big entree? Like, just bring us the lamb straight out. Then we'll do the fish, then the dessert, then the cheese plate, then the best one, which is appetizers. <laughs> when you had that 12-course meal, you remember the gold soup. Mm-hmm. What else do you remember having? Honestly, all I remember is the gold soup. That's all you remember? Just That's all I remember. Weird. Not because it was, it was any good one way or the other. Right. It was fine. It was a nice restaurant. It was a really nice restaurant. It was beautiful. It was on like the 50th floor of a skyscraper in Chicago. It was really great. But nothing there, nothing you no. had there stood out to you in, no. in any way. No. Except soup with gold. I will tell you, I don't remember. I think there was chicken at some point mm-hmm. in the meal that I had. Mm-hmm. But I remember at the end them bringing a cart full of different desserts. It wasn't mm-hmm. one thing that everybody got. It was a choice mm-hmm. of multiple things that they brought over. Sure. So that's the only, that is the only part of that meal that I really remember. Yeah. And oftentimes of all of the great appetizers I've had, I don't remember any of them. Like I remember I like a blooming onion. Not that that's sure. going to be at a 12 course meal, but just in general. That would be amazing if a, tw- I would also love a 12 course meal that just had standard American chain restaurant things. So you'd be dead by the time you got to the amuse bouche. You'd oh, yeah. be dead. You'd already be dead. I, I, the, amuse- the amuse bouche is a 12 inch meatball sub from Subway. <laughs> <laughs> Served in a tote bag of chili. Yeah. I look how I, I look, I like dessert. I like dessert a lot. I think we have to be objective in this, though. I think you might be letting your personal affinity for sweets and desserts, which is which you and I both, it, which is as famous as my love of beer. <laughs> um, I think that objectively, though, there's more variety. There's more opportunities in an appetizer course than there is in a dessert course. It's very difficult for me to trust somebody who gets one dessert and four spoons to be able to objectively look at dessert <laughs> because it's clear that you, it's clear to me you don't love dessert. You tolerate dessert. I like dessert a lot. I, I don't, I no, love, no, no. I don't tolerate dessert. I, I genuinely like dessert. I love both dessert and appetizers. I agree that appetizers are more surprising mm-hmm. and you don't know what you're going to get. And that's part of the excitement of it. But in terms of being able to deliver consistently, yeah, which I think is what we are looking. Sure, with, McDonald's with, delivers consistently because it's, it's standardized. Not what you like? I'm saying the. I, I'm saying of these two, I would pick the one that delivers more consistently, which I would say is dessert. See, and I disagree. Why? I think don't that tiny spoons for you to eat with. No, I think I did. Boy, that <laughs> spoon thing really riled you and up. You, didn't it's it? like, all I imagine is one brownie and you each take a corner and they go, I'm so stuffed. I can't. Is, is there dessert left with four spoons? Sometimes you're fired. <laughs> I caught you, but like, I, I didn't even look, take anything. Look, I think that if I'm thinking about a dessert, if you at many restaurants, I don't even have to look at a dessert menu to know what's probably on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never know what's going to be on the appetizer menu. At a 12 course rest, uh, 12 course is not, uh, that's different. Sure. There's going to be a flourless chocolate cake. There's going to be some sort of fruit sorbet. There's going to be an ice cream. You know what I mean? There's always the same, like at a regular restaurant, there will be, of course, especially like if they're more like we are, if if the word artisanal is in there, they've got like a cobbler and then like a weird, like time infused biscuit. 
Mm-hmm. I <laughs> I'm yeah, with just honey drizzled on it. That feels so like bad, more of a cheese and it course. It makes me want to like like turn into Frankenstein's monster and start turning over tables. <laughs> I, I this is on a twelve in a twelve course meal. Well, in a twelve course meal, you're generally not going to pick anything anyway, unless exactly. you've got like two choices. Exactly. Right. That's why I'm saying the thing that will more consistently deliver is dessert to you because you're a dessert mega fan, and that's subjective. Uh huh. But you, but we're an objective show. I'm saying that objectively. I just want you to admit you're also being subjective. Well, sure. There's a little bit of subjectivity in oh, mine. No, how dare I'm not, you? I am not famously an appetizer fan the way that you are famously a dessert fan. I love spending time with Jesse and John, but we are not taking this to Judge John Hodgman. I no, I'm not taking this to Judge John Hodgman. We'll figure that we will wow. get there. Can we just pick a different one? Because we're too, we're each too, I think you're too subjective about appetizers. I will admit I'm too subjective about desserts. What if so we is it the main to, course? What if we went back to super main course out of those two? Which would you? Pick? All right, so we've now canceled. I think those canceled dessert and uh, okay. Well, then it's got to be the showstopper. It's got to be the main course. I think it. I think it does have to be the main course. All right, the pretzel rod of this particular no, meal. No, That's no, what I, our I, main I, course is. Pretzel rods, Hal. It's not. It's the main course. <laughs> the main course can be the second main. The second main course. The second main course. That's Here's you know what? what I will say. The second main course. We've both been subjective in this one. And I think objectively, the chef would tell you yeah. that the second main course is the best course. There's it is the one that they probably put the most thought into. That's right. People of the world, there's a ton of thought put into it. There's a ton of effort put into it, not only in what the protein is, but everything around it so that you can have a composed bite. This is like the best thing to do at a, at a really nice restaurant. Take a little bit of everything and put it on your fork and take a bite of it because those flavors are meant to work together. There is not only an art, but a science to food preparation and serving and eating as well. So allow yourself to indulge in what the chef's vision for that flavor profile is. It's really, really important. And you're going to get an incredible flavor profile when you have that second main course. Then that is asked and answered. I thought my food was here. My my phone started going crazy. I got so excited. I was so excited to say asked and answered and then buzz somebody in. So that was that Ken just food. texting you because we kept clicking off the chat? No, it was not. <laughs> this topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets or email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com or tell us your favorite tell us about the fanciest meals you've ever had and some of the dishes you remembered from them whatever they may be we want to hear about it that's at facebook.com slash groups slash we got this podcast thank you to producer ken plume who is a fine podcaster in his own right in the audio medium you can listen to a bit of a chat with ken plume his interviews and discussions with friends and famous folk alike sometimes they're the and famous friends yeah famous friends and enemies. Oh. I'm sure there's an enemy or two in there. So I've been on the show a bunch. Ken, of I want to listen to your enemy episode. All enemies. We've both been on the show. We've so both been enemy the enemies episode. <laughs> but also, he's got a really fun new video podcast that you can check out at patreon.com slash Ken Plume called Force 5, where he has guests on to show off and talk about their five favorite Star Wars action figures. As everybody knows who knows anything about Ken Plume, is that collectibles and toys are near and dear to his heart, as is pop culture, Star Wars in particular. So getting to share that love of action figures, everybody collects something. People who collect these figures, myself included, 
are going to get to come and show off what they got. There's going to be so much jealousy and so much drooling from all of the people, some of the people playing on that podcast and some of the people, many of the people watching that podcast. Yes. You're going to want the stuff or you may have it and go, Hey, I have that. I feel good about it. Either way, check out force five. Also, thank you to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer, Uri Kelman and QA engineer, Jen Alba. And thanks of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world with whom we would love to sit down to a 13 course meal where the 13th course is a great big group hug. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.